0: Welcome to episode number 47 of Corner of Hunter and George, Peterborough's art and cultural podcast. Today, perhaps one of my more brief episodes that I'll get to do in just a minute, as I'm still taking in, my bones are still taking in the pillage this winter. The pillage of the snow. The winter that never seems to end. You all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, on a brighter note... One new podcast that just come up on Spotify, fresh out of Trent, in its early stages, that's perhaps why I'm saying this interview is perhaps a little more brief than what you're used to hearing from me. It's called Fellowship of the Research Podcast, done by Sasha Neuer and the person I'm talking to today, Megan Ward. I'll just read the description from Spotify. Fellowship of the Research is hosted by graduate students for graduate students focus on Trent students so far I'll say. We want to help you share the research you have been tirel- tirelessly working on and create a space for graduate students to learn about the research their peers are conducting at Trent University, perhaps later beyond. They have an Instagram page that I'll post, they have an email site, I believe they're also on Twitter, fellowship of the research podcast, various themes... So far, maybe environmental life sciences, but any type of research in any type of field they are open to grad students out there I hope you're listening fellowship of the research podcast and this is one of the co-hosts Megan Ward on today's program of corner of Hunter Church well thank you very much uh, for for joining me um, I, I, I guess because your show is still in, uh, kind of its, uh, early, early stages, uh, may not be as, uh, like in depth an in interview as I've done with other people, but, uh, I still really am kind of a lot of, a lot of really curious how you've, how this has come together and how it's going and things like that. So. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so it's with you and Sasha, correct? Yeah, offense. so she
1: might she might join us, but she was pretty swamped today, so um, she might not. We'll see.
0: Okay. All right. Well, fair enough, if that happens. Um, I, I guess I'll start with just how, how you two came to know each other.
1: So we're in the same lab. Um, we are both supervised by Dr. Jeff Bowman, who's a research scientist with the MNR and adjunct at Trent. Um, so we're in the same lab. She's finishing up her PhD. I'm finishing up my master's. Uh, so that's how we met.
0: Okay, yeah, I think I saw that as well. And um, like in specific terms, what program are you currently in at, Trent, Then your master's?
1: I'm doing my master's in environmental and life science. I'm in my second year. Sasha's Mm -hmm. also uh, in the PhD in the environmental and life science department, so ENLS department. Um, She studies flying squirrel communication, and I study invasive species.
0: Okay, so... uh, and am I correct in saying, like, um, is this a way, kind, is this one thing, like, Trent, Trent is a smaller university, saying the obvious, uh, in any form, anyway, but especially when it comes to its graduate studies, is this a way, kind of, of you, kind of, reaching out to other graduate students across the country?
1: So we have only so far interviewed students at Trent. Um, Mm -hmm. We haven't branched out to students at other universities. However, I think in the terms of uh, long-term goals of the podcast, we would like to be able to reach out to students across a variety of different universities. Um, Right now, though, we're focusing on Trent-specific grad students.
0: Okay. I guess I misread. I thought some of your guests were actually from outside of Trent, but I guess I misread that. Um. So it's uh where did where did the idea for the podcast come from then between you and Sasha?
1: So uh it came from me originally. I worked part-time at Trail College in the first year of my masters and Trail hosted a radio show um through Trent Radio and they were looking for some people to fill some of the space they had so I started interviewing grad students about their research but I thought we could make it a bit more um, than what trail was able to support through the Trent radio. And so I decided to look at things from more of an independent perspective um, and opened up the idea to a few of the students in my lab. Um, And then Sasha and I from there collaborated on creating the podcast, determining uh, the themes of the podcasts. We've worked um, a little bit with a few other students in the lab as well in the very um, uh, primary stages of the podcast to look at different types of, segments we would have the different questions we would ask the audience we were interested in um but really it began it began in earnest the beginning of this semester when sasha and i started um, reaching out to grad students in different departments at trent uh, to build a repertoire of um, people who would be interviewed and then that's when we started posting the podcasts and recording them
0: Okay, and it's currently both on Tr- Spotify and Trent radio at, so
1: Trent. it's not on Trent radio, though we're in no. the works with potentially getting a um an airing time and having it air on Trent radio right now it's just on Spotify,
0: okay, I think it would be great if it was on Trent radio that'd be that'd be lovely. okay, I hope that works um, and, and and well, environmental and life sciences is, is a huge, vast spectrum in itself. Is that really the? topic area this podcast is mainly going to be centered on.
1: So the podcast is completely interdisciplinary across all graduate student departments, as Mm. long as the student is research-based. So uh, we're not currently interviewing students who are in course-based grad programs. Uh, We're interested in interviewing students who have a thesis or a research component to their graduate department or their graduate studies, but um, it's cross-disciplinary. So we've had some anthropology students. We've had some sustainability students. Um, We're really interested in... Uh, chatting with students across all different grad departments at Trent. That being said, thus far, the majority of our students that we've interviewed have been ENLS students. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. Environmental and life science is by far the the largest grad program at Trent. So it makes sense that majority of our um, hosts would be from the ENLS department. Also, Sasha and I are both within the environmental and life science department. So a lot of our peers that we have personally reached out to are also in the same department. But we're really interested and hoping to gain more diversity in our episodes. We would love to interview some English literature students, uh, history students, mathematics, physics, chemistry, um, any student doing grad research at Trent, uh, regardless of their discipline or, um, the year they're in, we're interested in having them on the podcast.
0: Okay. That's great. So am I correct to say you're kind of covered are if you're one day wanting to reach beyond tread at the moment, you're wanting to like focus on what's there at your own school before you think beyond.
1: Yeah, and one of the goals of the podcast right now is to, A, allow current Trent students to learn about the research their peers are doing. And also, our um, goal is to reach incoming Trent students who are interested in graduate school but not totally sure what's going on. Um, And so, hopefully, by listening to the podcast, they can learn about the different research uh, that's going on, learn what professors to um, get in contact with, and then move forward from there. That being said, though, I think a lot of universities could benefit from having that type of um, uh, program, and so if this becomes a cross-university program or podcast, we would love that. But right now, in terms of the amount of work that we have to put in to produce the podcast and the scope of having two full, like full time, we're not paid, but full time um, volunteers on the project. Uh, right now, our scope is just with it, Trent.
0: Right, and. So far, you finding you and Sasha finding time for this, you've been able to? Because I imagine you're busy enough with your own studies and such we, things.
1: We are both very busy. We're both defending this summer as well. So Sasha is graduating her PhD. I'll be defending my master's and then starting my PhD. We are both quite busy. However, science communication is a love of both of ours. Um, we've both put a lot of personal and professional time into doing communication work and because we both are in a science field it's called science communication so having the podcast is kind of a passion project for the both of us um, we are trying to be very realistic about the amount of time and hours we can put into the podcast um, and what we get out of it but so far uh interviewing about one student a week and airing an episode every week has been doable for us
0: okay that's good to hear and where is it recorded and why at that site
1: so we record at Sadler House downtown. Uh, mm-hmm. Sadler House um, is wonderful. They have a ton of study space for students and it's kind of a central hub for a lot of students. It's also student owned. Uh, all grad or all students at Trent uh, pay a small levy fee and it um, allows Sadler House to stay up and running. So we're recording there because they were one of the only places that had reliable continuous space for us to record um as well they supplied us with all of the recording supplies so all of our microphones the software um all of the technical devices we needed for recording they were going to supply free of charge for us um and so it we chose that space because they had the recording supplies they had a good recording studio um and it was a central location that pretty much anyone in peterborough could get to that's why we chose sadler house
0: okay great yeah no i think that's a lovely spot not only the equipment i can just imagine the building itself is a good site if you're wanting proper sound for your podcast yeah
1: it's been great we're in this big uh circular room that's uh and one half of that room is all windows with a big circular table so we all sit around the table and chat and it's been a really good space so far
0: that's great um and is it funded in any way i mean um not i mean speaking of my own experience but i think i speak for many that not many of us in the podcast world are making money um or even staying at zero, but uh, I I think I read somewhere you're, you're getting at least some help somewhere to put this together.
1: So we are not being paid. Currently, this is all the volunteer work. Uh, the mm-hmm. help that um, you may have heard from came, likely is what uh, they're referring to as Sadler House and supplying our um, technical devices and microphones and things like that. So while we haven't put any money into it thus far, we've been using all free software and accessible software. We haven't been getting money out. I will say that uh, grad department at Trent recently reached out to to Sasha and I to offer us a small honorarium. So we don't know the um the amount that will actually be, but they're um supporting they're supporting of the podcast and they want to give us um something to help with the work that we've been putting in. Um, I am hopeful that this may turn into a paid position in the future. I would really love to see this podcast continue on long after Sasha and I are gone. Um, and I'm worried that the amount of time and dedication it requires um, isn't going to be compensated. So I think if it is compensated as either a part-time job or potentially in replacement of a grad student's TAing responsibilities, responsibilities, uh, that this podcast can become something that's long-lasting. But currently, uh, it's a volunteer position entirely.
0: Yeah, I think I saw somewhere it might be, like, hopefully, yeah, um, make up for being compensate for being a ta instead so that that would be that would be that would be lovely because yeah if you're straddled with all these other responsibilities it's it becomes even if it is a real passion project which it really does sound like it is for you you really are kind of limited in some ways of what you can do and devote to this if you're not getting any support
1: ultimately TAing and research has to come before the podcast for the hosts Mm -hmm. and the guests and so recognizing that is important and Sasha and I have talked about you know the podcast is a passion project and we love it but ultimately it can't come before our responsibilities as grad students that being said um, if we can collaborate with Trent University in any way where it can become a responsibility um, either in replacement of or in addition to the other duties grad students have I think that would sort of be the best of both worlds. So um it's something we're in the very early stages of thinking about, but um we're not totally sure what the timeline on that would be.
0: Okay. Now the next things I got to ask about are some of the episodes you've had. Now I'm not expecting you to answer on behalf of the students, but just from your own perspectives, I guess, of what mm-hmm. you got out of it. So I think one of your first ones you did with PhD student, uh, PhD student Lynn Brown on oyster catcher species yes. And I think she was trying to get um she's trying to like uh find money to have uh GPS trackers on them or something. Anyway, is there That's something funny. you really took away from that episode in specifically? Yourself.
1: Yeah, so that was our first episode that we ever recorded and aired. So it was really fun to see all of our ideas come together and actually work really well. So I think the the most important thing Sasha and I took from that episode and specifically the airing of that episode is that um, it was doable and running this podcast is something that a lot of people tuned in to listen to a lot of people now follow our social media accounts. So present on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, And so seeing the support come from the first premiere of the episode was really great. Lynn was a wonderful host to have. She was very clear spoken. She understands her research really well. Um, And then again, we were asking people to um, donate money if they could or share in support of the research that she's trying to fund. So it was, I, I think, the biggest thing we saw from that was that It is a doable project and we would have an audience uh, so long as we keep up the hard work, which was really rewarding for us to see after quite a few months of planning and preparation.
0: Okay. And in layman's terms, where are oyster catchers native to? I just a uh, curiosity. So
1: she studies them in Virginia. Uh, okay. They're a coastal species. So they uh, nest and predate on animals and other uh, species that live um, in coastal uh, habitat. Mm-hmm. So along the ocean. Um, and so she's down in the U.S. Uh, in Virginia studying those species. So they may be native to other locations as well. I'm not totally sure.
0: Okay. And another one you did was with uh, Aaron Matula. If mm-hmm. I'm saying the name correctly, uh, on, uh, Boral Forest, uh, in the in Northern Canada. And yep. I think she was trying to see like the movement of, uh, like the movement of carbon from forest fires in there. And That's I just, correct. Something, and which something has been a big issue almost every summer for the last, I don't know, five to 10 years. So I just uh, wonder if there's something you took away from that as well.
1: Yeah, so I wasn't really familiar at all with the research she was doing. I study something completely different, so it was really interesting to um be able to read so essentially how the podcast works is, is the guests submit um, a proposal or a summary of their research. Mm-hmm. I run through it, create a list of questions, and then they answer the questions in the podcast. Um, and so it was really interesting learning about the really intricate ways carbon can move through an environment. Um, I wasn't totally aware that it could impact things like the terrestrial environment, so the ground floor of a forest, um, into the water and then into the atmosphere. And I guess it makes sense when you think about it, but when there's forest fires The concentration of carbon changes as it moves from a forest into the water back into the atmosphere and so learning a lot more about that as someone who really doesn't study that at all was really interesting Um, and it does make you appreciate um, the intensity of forest fires both in Canada in the U.S. and how they impact uh, habitat and wildlife on so many different scales it's not just the loss of a forest when a forest fire occurs but also how that will impact the water, the atmosphere, and then back into the environment again. So it was a really interesting episode.
0: Okay. Whereabouts in northern Canada is she doing her studies?
1: So she studies uh, in the Boreal Forest, which is sort of that big, large uh, forest that often people consider mm-hmm. it to be untouched um, in northern parts of Canada.
0: Okay. Yeah. And and Kayla Martin, kind of an interesting uh, animal. I've seen a lot of them in my own life. Uh, wild turkeys. This winter.
1: Yes. So Kayla's in our lab and it was so exciting having her along because we've sort of been learning about her research as she has begun creating her project. Mm -hmm. Um, So Kayla studies the roosting habitat of different turkeys or of wild turkeys. So the roosting habitat is essentially just where turkeys sleep and it changes based on their age. So young turkeys called poults, like baby turkeys, have to sleep on the ground in the forest floor because they can't fly up into trees. But adult turkeys will actually fly, um, though I don't think quite gracefully, and sleep in trees. uh, And that allows them to avoid things like coyotes and foxes, so natural predators that would otherwise um, kill and eat the wild turkeys. So she's really interested in seeing why turkeys choose specific trees um, as opposed to other trees and trying to figure out why they're choosing that. So one of her hypotheses is that the microclimate of specific trees is going to influence whether turkeys choose to sleep there or not so that would be things like um, is it a little bit warmer in specific pockets of the tree versus other trees is there less wind uh, does snowfall impact where a turkey chooses to sleep so uh, think anything to do with climate or the weather just on a really small scale in terms of like a bedroom for a turkey so a specific tree branch or a tree limb versus another tree in the same forest
0: Okay, so it's a really specific-centered kind of piece or research work. she's doing. Yeah, her
1: now. research is quite important because turkeys are such an important um, game animal, and so there's mm-hmm. a lot of really in-depth, specific research that goes into species like that because they're so influential in the economy and our recreational activities for people.
0: Right. And you've also had another one, an anthropo- anthropology student, uh, Alexis Rausch doing... Uh, I think mass graves in Kingston that are somehow linked to the Irish potato famine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So she studies the uh, movement of immigrants who were leaving Ireland during the potato famine, uh, specifically Mm -hmm. a subset of them that came to Canada. And a lot of times when they were coming to Canada, uh, they caught typhus um, on the boats as they were immigrating into Canada. The conditions were not ideal during their travels. And oftentimes, because these individuals were part of a famine, they were already undernourished and quite ill. So they caught typhus pretty easily, which means they were really sick. And when they came into Canada, a large proportion of them died. Um, And so she's able to study based on stable isotopes in their teeth. So things like leftover carbon, leftover nitrogen, phosphorus, from those values in these individuals' teeth that they have found in Kingston, in a sort of mass grave in Kingston, She's able to determine where they came from, what their diet consisted of, how old they were. So she's learning the sort of movement patterns of these individuals during the famine based on the remains we now have in Kingston.
0: That sounds very interesting. Okay. It was
1: really cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah. Um, So, uh, so I get you've kind of answered a lot of this already so but I guess I'll just speak in an immediate sense like the next month or so or maybe Uh even know exactly what you're going to be doing over the summer even Uh, yeah what what plans do you have for the podcast at the moment
1: so the plan is to keep it going producing Mm -hmm. episodes uh every Monday around 12 12 is a very soft deadline for us. Um, Monday is the larger goal of releasing a new episode. Uh, we have weekly interviews all through March, and then we're going to be opening up our booking system again for the rest of the summer. Um, I am still conducting field work for my PhD throughout the summer, and Sasha and I are both defending. I'm defending my master's. She's defending her PhD this summer. So we are quite busy, though we do want the podcast to continue. We've actually decided to attend the um the Ontario Wildlife Society that's happening in Peterborough late in March as podcasters oh. so we're not going to attend um presenting our research we're going to attend as podcasters and try and have an episode that features variety of the different research of students presenting at that conference, so that will be one of the first times that we start interviewing students who aren't just at Trent, um, pretty much anyone can come to this conference and it's hosted in Peterborough, so we'll be recording that episode late March and then hopefully releasing it in April. Um, in terms of long term scales over the summer, uh, we do still want the podcast to run. Again, we'll be opening up our booking system. So if people are interested, we're going to have emails circulating throughout the Trent community um, as well. People are welcome to email us um, or get in touch over Instagram or Twitter.
0: Okay. And you have your own Instagram site too, then I take it, for the podcast? We do. Itself? So okay. Instagram
1: and Twitter are both F O T R, Fellowship mm-hmm. of the Research, uh, podcast. Um, on Instagram and Twitter. And then our Gmail, our email account is fellowshipoftheresearchpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Okay, I'll I'll try and make notes of those in my show. Sure, I can send them to you. (laughs) Sure, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Okay, and... The Ontario Wildlife uh, Conference, you said, whereabouts in Peterborough is that occurring in late March? I'm not
1: totally sure where it is in Peterborough. I know it's the 24th to the 26th of March, so it's the last weekend here in March. Um, but I don't know where it's occurring. I don't believe it's on campus. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Aside from that, I'm not sure of the actual location.
0: Okay. I'll just see. I'll stop if I can't in the next 10 seconds, but I'll just see if I can see if I, where this is. I'm just kind of curious about that. Yeah. Uh, twenty three conference. Oh, yeah, I see March 24th to 26th.
1: Okay, we're getting closer. <laughs> yeah,
0: I have on the site. I'm just trying to see where if they're telling us we're in Peterborough. I, yes, I see there's a bunch of speakers there from all around.
1: Yeah, there will be. Uh...
0: Oh, venue. Okay. No, I think, no, they say it's on Trent and in-person events are at the Holiday Inn.
1: Okay, makes sense. Cool.
0: Mm -hmm. So workshops are at Trent and in-person events are at Holiday Inn. Okay, Okay.
1: sounds good. We'll probably be dipping back and forth between them then. I do believe Sasha and I are both signed up for a couple of workshops. um, And then we'll be interviewing presenters if they want to chat for the podcast.
0: Okay. That's that, yeah, that sounds, that's, that's, that sounds very interesting. So, so you, are you, for somebody who had a, you seem like you had this, uh, in your head for a while, you and Sasha, and you've, you've really, um, put a lot into it so far. Um, are you, are you so far, I guess, you know, money aside, let's forget about money, but money aside, are you happy how it's going so far? Are you getting, yeah, are you I find think- it rewarding yourself? In other words, personally rewarding.
1: I think we're both very happy with how it's going so far. Um, We both put a lot of time and effort into it, but seeing our following slowly grow, being able to watch people tune in through the Spotify app and seeing how many people follow our account and listen to the episodes every week. It's been going really well and it's very rewarding. I was in a meeting just a couple of days ago and the professor leading the meeting said that he had listened to the podcast and really enjoyed it. So I think it's becoming more popular among our peers and within the Trent grad department. Um, so it's been, it's been great so far. I think we're really happy with how it's going.
0: Okay. That's, that's great to hear. Am I correct in saying like, I can imagine being either masters or PhD Sometimes it's a very long, lonely experience to have. And if nothing else, this podcast like allows you to sort of, you know, not create, but sort of make connections within your own community and perhaps even beyond, as you're saying.
1: Yeah, it's been really great for increasing our social network for sure. Um, we've actually been really happy in hearing that a lot of grad students at Trent have enjoyed the social aspects so far. Uh, We were pretty worried that a lot of grad students were finding grad school lonely, which is a pretty common Mm -hmm. issue in grad school. Um, For the most part, we found that hasn't been the case thus far at Trent, but it's been great for us to get to know um, fellow peers who are doing grad school and also learn more about the research going on at Trent, too. So, yeah, I think it's helped build sort of a social program at Trent, which hopefully we can keep going for a while.
0: Right. And we don't have to do any in-depth research about this, but to your knowledge, you don't really know of any other facilities in Ontario, at least, to do such a thing.
1: No, I haven't heard of any other groups running podcasts that do things similarly to what we're doing. Um, I I don't know, like maybe they're just doing it on a smaller scale, and we haven't done enough of a, an environmental scan to see that. But as far as we know, this is uh, the first of its kind. Um, so hopefully it picks up traction and becomes something that a variety of universities can adapt to as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think you're doing quite um, a service for it for uh, like both your own grad school community and just reaching out and also just the information that's passed along and, uh, discoveries that various students are making on their research is like something beneficial. It is not limited mm-hmm. to any research paper. So, you know, yeah. maybe a few people will see and that's it. So yeah. that's, that's, uh, that's, that's great to, that's great to hear. I, I do hope you're able to get on Trent Radio uh someone who's on it myself i hope that happens and uh um yeah i thank you very much for uh taking the time to talk with me and uh well i guess i'll see how this is maybe doing in a in a while and in the future and i'll maybe connect with you again but uh thank you for sure feel
1: free to reach out like in the summer or like maybe next semester and back in september when the new year starts happy to do another uh interview as well yeah